0: Howdy-bowdy, riffers. This is David Sanchez, and this is episode 40 of the Riffs or Die podcast for June 8th, 2021. We got the 40 ounce in my lap, and it's freezing my balls, my balls, my balls. People who listen to NWA will get that one. E. As promised, I've got an interview today with one of my great friends. He is the bass player and lead vocalist of the band Psychosomatic. I got to help them make their last record called The Invisible Prison that's out on Nefarious Industries Records, and you can pick it up at the link in the description for this episode. As always, if you would like to support the podcast, you can go to riffsordie.com and pick up some merch, or go to patreon.com slash riffsordie and subscribe there. I keep adding clips to the Riffs or Die YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out and hit the subscribe button there. I know it's a cliche, but it really would help me out quite a bit. I appreciate everybody that's already done that. Thank you. So I'm not going to talk your ear off here. I think there's enough talking going on in this episode to last you uh, about an hour and a half. So let's dive into this thing. I love this guy, respect him a lot. He's one of the funniest dudes I know, and he and I always have interesting conversations. So I'm happy to share one of those with you right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jeff Salgado. So, Psychosomatic has a really eclectic death thrash grind skate punk vibe. What are some of the bands that influenced the band's sound? Why does Psychosomatic sound the way that it does? Well, when the band was conceived in the late 80s,
1: we were going to a lot of shows in the Bay Area. And obviously, the thrash metal was the predominant scene at that time. But we were also huge fans of like skate rock, punk, crossover, and all that. Anything that was like really loud and fast. So bands like uh, The Accused, Beyond Possession, Christ on Parade, Neurosis, early Neurosis, uh, Corrosion of Conformity, DRI were big influences, and obviously Slayer.
0: <laughs> yeah, the speed. You guys have the speed for sure.
1: Yeah, and a lot of those bands were the—they were just breaking down the molds that were then, you know, which would become very common today. But back then, that was all as extreme as it got.
0: I can imagine the mid eighties when Slayer put out rain and blood. I'm sure everybody was like, Oh my God, this is the fastest thing I've ever heard. Well, Hell Awaits was already our
1: favorite record at the time. I mean, all the kids were into it. So when Slayer came out, I was on uh, deaf American. That was a major label. So we were like, Whoa. And Metallica, obviously when they dropped master of puppets, it, they, these bands got huge like overnight But we were into them way before then, even, you know, like just listening to them, going to shows and getting tapes at our local small indie record stores as opposed to the big ones at the time. Uh, That's where we would find stuff. We'd had to go to uh, recycled records, all kinds of different record stores all over the county just to find these obscure bands that we all just were obsessed over. And punk and metal, I mean, back then it turned into one unified scene where you would have like the descendants playing with like DRI and Possessed. It was weird. Like everybody was <laughs> everybody was mixed up cuz if it was extreme, you were there, you know, like it didn't matter if it was punk or metal, everybody was just into it. And you spawned bands like SOD, which were total pulling from both sides, you know, Agnostic yeah. Front. All those bands were just pulling from both sides and it that's what spawned us. And throughout the years, we never stopped doing that. We still grab from punk and metal, different styles, but we still put them in our sound. And eventually, like we had developed our own sound, yes, but that was the process it went through. So it was really fun.
0: Yeah, you guys do a great job of blending all the different sounds together. And uh, a lot of people that are listening to this will likely be aware that I got to produce and mix your last record, The Invisible Prison. I had a really good time. We had a lot of laughs making that record. And I think it's your best record, like all around. The whole thing, start to finish, is just a a really, really nice roller coaster ride with peaks and valleys and goes slow sometimes, but most of the time it goes fast. And uh, I think it's the most well-rounded record you guys have made. Yeah, we've always been fast and I like to
1: say this because I take pride in it, but we always will be fast. (laughs) That's never going to change. But I think um, having you on board was definitely a different approach. I did most of the producing beforehand from all of our other records. I would just produce our own albums. But when you did it, you really pushed us. You pushed everybody in the band to pull out as much as you could from us, which we didn't even understand. So having a real producer do it as opposed to just kind of doing your own thing, you really get pushed to your your limits, which was really exciting for us. And I think it, yeah, it sounds great. It's definitely my favorite achievement, and the rest of the guys think so too. The sound you got out of it was really great. Um, doing the whole makeshift studio in our rehearsal room was crazy. Yeah. but awesome at the same time. Yeah, it was, it was. insane. Because
0: <laughs> I, And I explained this on uh, a, another podcast a long time ago, but for people that don't know, I, I drove out to California and basically built a little studio in your rehearsal space, but the rehearsal space is in this gigantic warehouse with like 60 other bands that have rooms in there and can rehearse. So because it's just a warehouse and nothing is totally soundproofed, you could hear other bands rehearsing from your band rehearsal unit so tracking drums and tracking vocals and stuff we had to like wait until it was quiet for a long time to get any of our shit done so that made things kind of hairy but uh <laughs> it it made it interesting <laughs> there was some days where we didn't get outside until like eight in the morning
1: that was insane the the guitar tracks were the funniest I thought <laughs> you had you had the them cranked so loud. They would go right through the other rooms all the way outside the building. And I mean, you know, we had to sit there and wait for them all day long. I mean, it's not their fault. We had to, cause it's a rehearsal room. But once we started tracking guitars, they, I highly doubt they could hear their own selves in their own rooms. And I was outside the building, just laughing my ass off. And I was like, you know, these other bands can't even hear themselves. Right. And you're all fuck them. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, like I said, we had to because if we would have had to be quiet to track guitar stuff too, we'd probably still be making the record right now. So I I, I cranked them up super loud. A, because that's when the speakers growl a little more is at higher volume, but also just because then it didn't matter if other bands were playing and stuff. And guitars typically take the longest to track in studio because you got two of them. So you got two rhythm guitar sides that need to be tight with each other. And then you have solos on top of that. So usually guitars take the longest to record on a metal record. That
1: recording process was definitely the most interesting and the most fun. I don't think I've ever laughed that hard in my life.
0: (laughs) We had a good time.
1: (laughs) We never really did it that way. you know. It was always like, all right, that sucks. All right, that's good. Do it again. Cool. You were like... Kind of by the book, I think, on producing. And it was pretty awesome to have that experience with you pushing us and also getting more out of the music as well. I mean, we fine combed, fine tooth combed every riff, every lyrical content, every arrangement. It was pretty fun to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, the thing that I do in my own band and what I was trying to do with you guys is just to squeeze the maximum amount of awesome out of every piece of music that was there. And I don't think I've ever pulled that many all-nighters ever in a month in my whole life. I think there was probably like five or six days where I slept zero because I was up doing editing or getting things ready for the next day or I I just, you know, was wired and trying to get stuff done quickly so that... (laughs) the next day we, we'd be like on schedule when whoever had to come in next was going to be there. Just a lot of that was due to the environment, just being in a warehouse where a bunch of other bands are, are doing stuff. So it was a learning experience and, and definitely a gigantic challenge. Even though we had a really great time, there was definitely some moments where I was like, Oh man, like what are we doing here? But, right. uh, I'm fairly easygoing, so it's, it really wasn't that big of a deal. I was still super happy to do it because, to be honest, you guys are one of my favorite bands, and I was stoked that I got to help you guys make a record. And I love all you guys as people.
1: Thank you very much, and likewise. And uh, it was cool. Like in 2015, we did a five-week uh, U.S. headliner tour, and then we met up with you guys after that. Two weeks after that, and did a two-week North west tour with you guys at the end of that tour you said you asked me and toby would you be interested if i produced your guys's next record and it was funny because i just looked at toby we already were gonna say yes <laughs> of course you know but it was awesome that you formally asked us and it became like from then on we started writing the next record knowing that you were going to produce it so we really had to pull everything out all the tricks and everything we had at the time Just empty the bag out in riffs.
0: Oh, there is no shortage of riffs on The Invisible Prison. It's sick. The guitar playing is sick on it. The drums are really awesome. The bass lines are really cool, and the vocals. Everything about it. I love the record. Even if I didn't have anything to do with it, and I was just a listener, I would really love the record. (laughs) I appreciate that very much. Another huge reason I really like Psychosomatic is the lyrics. And even going back many, many years, three records ago, you guys always had lyrics that I found interesting and in the mindset of truth and seeking truth and kind of going against the mainstream narrative of whatever it was at the time. You know, my first exposure to Psychosomatic was the song Concrete Rain on The Unquenchable Thirst. And I've recommended that record to so many people, it's not even funny. But uh, you guys' lyrics really strike a chord with me. And specifically on The Invisible Prison, your lyrics really strike a chord with me because they remind me of my own lyrics. I think we have very similar mindsets when it comes to the words that we put into the music. But I really love On The Invisible Prison, the lyrics in We Don't Trust You, Agents of Surveillance, Personality Agenda, The Invisible Prison spiral orthodox i really love those lyrics i think they're important
1: oh yeah concrete rain was uh that was about 9 11 i mean that was pretty shocking to go through back then we'd never been attacked like that or whatever you want to call it a lot of people think it's a false flag or whatever whatever whatnot it was definitely a tragedy and uh from that aspect uh, the inquenchable thirst became like this Kind of, We were leaving that punk side and going into the metal thrash side. And um, we really kind of touched on a lot of truth subjects at the same time and revealing a lot of our own. We used to have a lot of comedic lyrics in the past, but we were definitely getting more serious. On Another Disease, it definitely got more serious. You're talking about Big Pharma. And then Clicking Sound, it got really dark. And both Another Disease and Clicking Sound were predominantly written by Toby Swope. And he wrote the guitars, tracked the drums and the rhythm guitars on it, which was amazing on both records. Yeah,
0: Toby is so a sick really, guitar player.
1: He's really great. So on the new album, it was pretty much Dan did uh, like most of the songs. Vic did a couple and I did a couple. And Toby just mostly laid the drums. He just wrote the drums. And on the lyrical content on the new one, definitely We Don't Trust You was uh, it started out, as the idea of just being, you know, dealing with promoters that are shoddy, but the more I started writing it, it kind of evolved to the mainstream narrative of, we just don't trust what we're being given. There's just so many blank holes when people are, like the media, for example, you know, there's just they just tell you what you need to know or what they think you need to know, and you're left out so much. And my first revelation of that was, was it the Sinclair thing where they had all the news agencies saying the same thing <laughs> about disinformation and all of them were saying the same thing that really made me laugh.
0: Yeah. That thing that Conan O'Brien put on his show where you have <laughs> 200 different independent quote unquote news stations all around the country, literally saying the exact same paragraph verbatim.
1: And that's the same thing as the associated press in your newspapers. It's the exact same thing. And they get their 4 a.m. talking points, and that's what we're just supposed to believe without any research, any question. And if you question it, you're immediately ostracized. Yeah. And it's always been like that. And now you're seeing a big push against that from a lot of people, and it's really exciting. And of that album, Agents of Surveillance, that's definitely attributed to the Pokemon game, where... Everybody's walking around, looking at their phones, checking these imaginable Pokemans, but it's really collecting data on every little nook and cranny of this land. Yep. You know, whoever's going to get that out of where you live and what's in your house and what do you have everywhere? That's kind of an agency surveillance. Every time there's a fight, what do people do? Do they call the cops? No, they whip out their phones. (laughs) Yeah, it's crazy. It's really different. A personality agenda definitely has to do with the duality of people arguing online and how these people build up their their personality agenda on their profile and that's it's their soapbox and they got to put it out there and it turns into just this combative war instead of sharing information like it says in the lyrics we read the lyrics sharing information is more productive than a self-serving agenda you know just we can't just ask somebody what do you think of this or how it's kind of like me and you do. When we talk about certain topics, we'll literally break it down and share it as opposed to just arguing about it. And I think that literally has to go with a lot of political identities where people identify with a side, right or left, doesn't matter. This is my side. I'm going to die on the hill for this. We've all heard that saying, but it's true. These people are, they're not thinking, they're just looking at it like, this is my football team and that's your football team. And that's exactly where the establishment wants us. Divided, Fighting each other instead of looking at who is really responsible for a lot of the issues in the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and a lot of it devolves into arguments. I think because people can't even agree on the basic facts. So when people can't even agree on uh, <laughs> the basis of reality, there's not going to really be any progress in the conversation. You know, no, definitely not. What I believe is we are in a
1: war right now, and it's not a military war yet where there's military combat i definitely think it's an information war psychological warfare absolutely information warfare psychologically i mean it's literally irregular warfare that's what we are in right now where you have the media who has their masters preaching and bombarding us with information now it's not even like usable information. It's more propaganda. And then you have this counter information coming from social media and word of mouth. And it's definitely a war going on and we're all watching it. And I really like to sit back and gather enough information on any topic to really see where, I mean, cause sometimes I could, I've been proven wrong. I'm not perfect. I don't want to be perfect. I want to, Share information with people so I can know what the truth is. I hate being bullshitted. And when you look at propaganda, it's very thin. It's very shiny. It's CBS News, right? Or MSNBC. It's all the the nice desk with all the lights and everything. And these people come on. They look perfect. And they're just spewing this information out. We're supposed to believe it because it looks like there's a lot of money pumped into it.
0: (laughs) And (laughs) there is. Right. Absolutely. It all came from Big Pharma and... Some GMO food companies. (laughs) hundred percent. And you got this guy
1: who's on the internet or this lady who's just talking on her phone of something she discovered. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, oh, she's a kook. She's a quack. She's a conspiracy theorist. Well, let's hear her out. Let's hear her out and see, does it make sense? Because the whole political identity thing is a trap as far as I'm concerned. The duality is a trap. And that's to keep us fighting each other and not who's responsible. Absolutely. And then uh, I think uh, the duality stems very early on from birth. And that's where Spiral Orthodox, the last song of the record, comes in by Dan Mills. Dan Mills wrote a lot of songs on that record uh, musically. And he did a great job. And that's what they would do. The guys would come to me. They would do riffs. And we'd kind of cement them together. And then I would lay the lyrics on top. And, uh, we've always had that kind of truth-ish theme. We don't always go with that. Sometimes we put a lot of horror elements, but there's still reflections of society. And I think that spiral Orthodox talks about just the whole good and evil religious aspect that we are born into. I mean, even society has it, you know, the, the judgment, the courts, which can all be corrupted, but they are judging just like an authoritative figure would, or a quote unquote God if there is one, you know, I, I personally don't agree with religion, but I am very spiritual. You know, I mean the, the old, I've, I've read a saying that says uh, religion is for people that are afraid to go to hell and spirituality is for people that just got back. <laughs> so, um, that's, that's kind of where I'm at. You know, I've had a rough life. Uh, it's, it's, I grew up in a rough environment, but at the same time, a lot of it was self-induced. That comes to holding myself accountable for my actions and 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 learning, right? You got to learn to not do that and do what's best for you and the people around you. And I, I'm still a I'm a big lover of freedom. I don't understand who wouldn't be. I know there are people that don't agree with that, but I I think freedom, <laughs> as long as you're not hurting anybody, you should be able to do what you want. Absolutely. And unfortunately, what we've seen in the last two years is that has just been at least attempted to be completely stripped from us and. If your eyes aren't open by now, I mean, I don't know what it's going to take, but eventually I think everybody's eyes are going to be open sooner or later.
0: Yeah. With what you're talking about with spiral Orthodox and religion, I feel like what we see today in the world, uh, a lot of these people are buying into political ideologies no different than religion. They're shutting off all critical thinking and just being led by, uh, quote-unquote authorities, and they just want to go to their church, which would be their mainstream media source of choice, and uh, they go to their church, and they sing all the hymns and follow all the rules and (laughs) keep giving in the donation basket, and they just keep going back for more. Well, isn't that how we're indoctrinated? I mean, when you think about it, the whole
1: uh, religious aspect Um, stifles critical thinking it supports blind submission to authority you know so you're basically being set up for this political identity from religion and that's another division you know just put here in this category you're put here in this category and fight
0: (laughs) yeah you you are a, a member of this church that person's a member of that other church and now you guys hate each other and that's just the way it is because we said so
1: I mean, we all know that churches don't pay taxes. That's not by accident. (laughs) Yes. So uh, that's pretty much where that song is about. And then um, we basically recorded that record and uh, it sat for a while. We were trying to find a label, but at that time in 2019, nobody was biting. It was like everybody was shutting the doors and I was like, what the hell? I mean, is it that bad? I mean, we've had offers before, but this is alarming and then uh greg from nefarious industries gave us a deal and we were really excited about that and he he, he in, a, in a place where no you know, you're getting your door slammed in your face everywhere you go and then somebody just you throw a hail mary and they grab it and score a touchdown it's the best feeling in the world so luckily he has our back and uh he was able to put it out in uh, 2020 unfortunately we weren't able to tour for it because of obviously the lock the covid lockdowns and uh, it's just bad timing, but hopefully, when everything opens up, we'll be able to get on. But the way it's looking right now, we're we were just like, okay, we're obviously not going to tour this year, so let's just start writing. So we are already writing the next record, and uh, hopefully, by the time we have it out, we'll be touring those records.
0: Hell yeah, that's great. The title, the Invisible Prison. What is the Invisible Prison? Well, the invisible prison is kind of a
1: culmination of everything we talked about, of just being in this mind-locked, indoctrinated, dogmatic way of information that we receive it and process it, and we are completely controlled. And now the establishment is obviously going for even more control. And the only way I believe to really escape our invisible prison is to communicate and to basically snap out of that kind of matrix-ish state that we're all kind of in. You know, we're all indoctrinated into it. Everybody is. It's how you can break free from it. And never more in my lifetime have I ever seen as many people break through right now. Everybody's that I know, a lot of people are truly waking up and going, wow, this is a lot different than I imagined. And I think COVID was an eye-opener for a lot of people, not just there's so many questions. The questions multiplied like crazy and the answers became fewer and fewer. And I think now people a year and a half later are starting to see how a lot of this, I believe is completely planned. And, uh, especially with the, uh, the Fauci emails, that's a, that's a bomb on the narrative of the mainstream media. Yeah. There that are was several really,
0: bombs in there.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, I, I read, I listened to your last podcast when you talked about, fauci and i couldn't agree more i was like wow all the everything you nailed on it was definitely shocking but then you start looking you start if you notice patterns in the media how every election cycle there's a new virus where we have a swine flu h1n1 uh, bird uh, flu sars yeah bird flu exactly it just goes on and it's always a pattern with every election year and this one was definitely a a, a bomb you know to to just really kind of shut down everything and and for something that has a 99 point nine whatever number success survival rate why would you need this much just you know control over because there's obviously more to it than just the virus there's way more to it absolutely and like you, yeah like you said we are losing our our rights left and right and everybody just seems to be in agreement of this I'm like how are you just blindly following? I mean, we, as people, as let's just say taxpayers, have the power to change anything we want. When we realize how truly outnumbered they are, I mean, you're talking like six hundred. Uh, what is it like six hundred thousand people, citizens per one a government official? Like we have the numbers. We can change anything we want. All we have to do is just not agree to it and not do it. It's uh, the same thing with paying taxes. And uh, if when you think about federal income tax, and how they just basically strong arm you out of it, um, if half the population said we're not going to pay federal income tax, they would have no choice but to change the policy on that. Because they can't arrest that many people.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> you know? Yeah, they wouldn't be able to pay cops to go after people. There wouldn't be enough jail cells for all the people.
1: Right, and that's how much power we truly have. So, like I said, we've seen a major awakening lately, and 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 I'm not I'm not trying to advocate either side. I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. I, I think that is a duality as well. I think if people can step out of that and look more of. Let's look at the sense of propaganda and what is truth. Then you see what's really going on. And once you see that, you can't unsee it. Yeah. That's definitely a fact. It's you hard. can't just go back. Yeah, you can't You can't be that guy in the matrix that's like, okay, I want a nice apartment and a dinner and a, <laughs> and a nice suit. Okay, just put me back in there and I want to go back to sleep. It just doesn't work. Once you see the truth, you can't unsee it. And and I think everybody genuinely Feels that there's something wrong even if you truly believe the propaganda and you think everybody else is a conspiracy theorist you got to know in your gut that something is wrong it's definitely wrong
0: yeah absolutely it doesn't take a rocket surgeon to figure out that something's wrong here in the covidian empire i like no. that you said the <laughs> i like that you said the phrase strong arm what? What what did you get, COVIDian? That's great. COVIDian Empire. I don't know. I just started saying it a couple months ago. That rules. Everybody out here kneeling down and kissing the ring of the COVIDian Empire. I'm not into it. But uh, when talking about taxes, you were talking about, use the word strong arm. And I think that is a perfect way to put it because a lot of people say taxation is theft. But it's not merely theft. It's extortion. They say, give us the money or else. It's straight up mafia shit. Like, hey, give us the money or we're going to break your fucking legs.
1: And and when you think about major figures that have gone up against the IRS or the central bank, I mean, they always get publicly destroyed. For example, there was Willie Nelson who wasn't paying taxes and they just ruined his life. Uh, Wesley Snipes went through that as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, they just stopped. they were like, "Hey, this is bullshit. I don't have to pay this. You know, this is this is a scam." And they always lose because the courts. I mean, everybody's corrupted if you're a government official at this point. I mean, the courts they they only care if there's money involved, and it's got to be their money. I mean, it's the, the, when, whoever owns the money supply pretty much owns the world. You know, I mean, Absolutely. a lot of people, yeah, a lot of people call them the deep state, but I've always like to refer to g ever griffin's the creature from jekyll island's book um as the central banking cartel because that's truly what they are and uh and some people call them the elites whatever their names are i mean they are definitely um the the keepers of the invisible prison and Mm -hmm. they 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 hide in the shadows they they've been there all along as long as we way before we've been born and, um, I think they've, they've always, I think, okay, Andrew Jackson's campaign, for example, fought the central bank of his time and he actually won. So the 1800s basically ran on an honest money supply until 1913, the federal reserve act was passed yep with, with Woodrow Wilson. And then when that happened, you had a bunch of bankers that basically learned all the failures of the banks before, and they made the federal reserve act. As a economic stable, they sold it to us as an economic stabilizer and they really got in there and said, we're not going to screw this up. And they haven't, they got since 1913, they pretty much ran the show regardless of what president has been in there. So they're all, they're all paid for and bought off.
0: Oh yeah. The bankers are running the world, man. Every war is a banker's war. They fund both sides so that they can't lose and just collect interest from both sides. They don't give a fuck who wins. Uh, the The bankers are really running the the whole show. They've created an infinite debt machine, um, and they've got us all wrapped around their finger through debt slavery.
1: Absolutely. Yeah,
0: there was uh, General Smedley D. Butler. Smedley Butler, yeah, um, war is a racket.
1: Yep. Wars a racket. Um, it's the it's the the worst of all kind. It's it's um, you know where the profits are in money and the losses are in blood. And and it, there's so many. I mean, what do they do? They just bomb a city, impose their government in there, and rebuild everything using tax dollars for government contracts. I mean, it's just a total gnarly racket. And um, it's it's very ugly. It's it's ugly. It's been going on forever. I yeah. Mean, these these powers have been doing it forever, and they plan on doing it again. We've had a little pause, which is kind of ironic, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be back for sure. Unfortunately,
0: they they won't stop anytime soon. They have no reason to, and uh, yeah, most people don't understand this: that the Federal Reserve is not federal; it's not a government entity; it's a private bank; it's a privately owned corporation that <laughs> gives money to the U.S. government. With interest, so that there's right. never, ever, ever going to be enough money in the supply, enough money in circulation to pay off the debt. Correct. Infinite debt. Yep,
1: infinite debt. And it's, it's in bed with the IRS and the World Bank. This is global. And these people that own these banks are not elected. Your voting isn't going to change anything about that. It has to come to a critical mass where everybody wakes up and just says, enough, we're not going to play your games anymore.
0: It's hard to wake people up out of the matrix though. Morpheus says in the matrix, so many people are so hopelessly inured to this system that they'll fight to defend it. People are so stuck in this matrix and living in this illusion world that, uh, you know, if you try to shake them awake out of it, they won't have it. They, they think you're crazy. And we've both experienced that. We see it all the time. You, you drop some truth on somebody, some real shit, verifiable, easily, with five minutes of research, and they just call you a fucking tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist, and you're stupid, and you're an idiot, and you're paranoid. Well, I
1: think the whole the conspiracy tag is uh what was that started by the the cia during the jfk administration yeah to, speak, he was, speaking
0: when, of guys that go against the grain against the centralized <laughs> the irs and shit right,
1: well I, you know his problem is he went too late he changed too late he got a conscience and he was already like he was already outnumbered he didn't have enough people to back him up so he got smoked unfortunately and that was the first anybody that questioned that mainstream narrative that's when the the uh, phrase was coined "conspiracy theorist" all over the media. That was their way to combat any alternative information. So <clears throat> here we are, still doing it, which is hilarious. Because I, I look at it when somebody says "conspiracy theorist," the first thing I think of is like I'm too stupid to think for myself. So look at that smart guy over there. Ha ha! Let's ostracize him, and because we're the cool people, because we're really dumb. I don't understand why even people have to go with labels. Why not just, like I said before, share information, take it in. But these people are so dogmatically connected to their political identity that they can't step out of their club for fear of being attacked by their own people. And personally, I've never been good at following the rules. I, I, I've always been an outcast, even in my own family. I hate to say this, but I was always the black sheep. So that stuff that really doesn't bother me because it. You can't let anything affect you if you if you don't allow it. You know, like if if somebody the old saying of sticks and stones, like who cares? Because it's like you said on a an older podcast. If I put this flag out here, maybe somebody's going to see and want to speak out too. Well, I think that's already happened a while ago, and everybody's stepping up now, and it's beautiful. I think the people that are standing up against this monster is amazing, and the people that support it are they're either. I hate to say this too blind to understand it or they're in on it. So those are their options. Most people are too blind to understand it. And I'm not saying that in a derogatory way because I was blind at one time too. Very much. So I'm not trying to put people down. I'm just trying to spread awareness. The same thing you're doing. And if you look at the invisible prison album cover, it's definitely a brain, a human brain, which is representing a mind and a I, some people call it a zombie. I call it basically in a demon, or something that's controlling it. It's like a a, a zombie that's got his hands up. Uh, somebody said it was a funny comment. Said it looked like a wrestler, right, rolling his, his hands around. <laughs> it looks like a white, like a wrestler, like a WWE wrestler, like rolling his hands around. I'm gonna get you, <laughs> but, <laughs> but but he, uh, it's definitely controlling the mind, and uh, you know it's it's got some imagery on there with a, a, a woman. Or lady, female, that's pulling her skin off to show her inner beauty of her invisible prison, you know. And there's, there's, that's that's kind of tied to the song Pandora's crate, which is if we've all heard the term Pandora's box, if you haven't, it's a childhood story. Look it up. And this is on a big level, but it's actually kind of relevant. I mean, everything is relevant to a degree because there's so much darkness in the world, and that's kind of not what we necessarily condone, but we definitely reflect it.
0: And speaking of Pandora's box and Pandora's crate, um, <laughs> so Pandora's box was like this box that gets opened up and it releases all the evil into the world, right? Well,
1: <clears throat> well, she was she was curious about it, and they told her to leave it alone, and she didn't listen.
0: Sure, it's a lot like right. Adam and Eve, and even yeah. in, in the story of Genesis. But exactly. Pandora's box, speaking of unleashing that, look at the fucking gain of function research. That Thank you. <laughs> Fauci's been totally busted with now being fully aware that the gain-of-function research was a fucking concern, and then he's backtracking trying to say he had no idea that was happening, he doesn't know what anyone's talking about. Never mind, we have the receipts showing that he authorized money to go toward the laboratories that were performing the gain-of-function research. And just to clarify, because some people don't understand what gain-of-function research is. I didn't either until like fucking few weeks ago. Gain-of-function research is where they essentially take viruses from animals and they try to figure out how to beef them up and make them transmit to humans easier. So Correct. it's essentially just trying to make diseases even more deadly and more viral. And the U.S. funded that research in China at the Wuhan laboratory where people are conspiracy theorists for thinking that it might've came from here. We got the receipts to prove that our tax money, you and I's money paid for the research to make coronaviruses more deadly and easier to transmit.
1: I agree. And I definitely don't think that COVID-19 is the worst of them. I think they do have more in store, unfortunately. And, um, you're right. Uh, I think there were thousands of emails that were dropped, and the only thing we hear about is Anthony Fauci's comment to somebody else about, about, you know, like you said, about the mask. And I'm like, okay, sure, but what you're talking about, the gain of function, is a thousand times more relevant uh, to what's going on, and it's a serious crime. I mean, it, it was actually outlawed as well, and they still did it.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't so, say that it's it's necessarily more relevant because the mask thing is so in our face and on our face, literally. Sure, but I'm talking about as far as the, the criminal aspect. The, yeah, the big picture, the gain-of-function research thing is a way bigger deal. But right. the uh, email of Fauci saying, yeah, essentially masks don't work. They might be helpful if you are sick and you're trying to prevent others from getting sick, but a mask is not going to help a healthy person uh, not get sick. That is fucking huge because that should make everybody read that and go like, fuck this. I'm not wearing this goddamn stupid thing on my face anymore. It's pointless from the guy who's telling us that we should be wearing them. This dude has become a religious figure. He's like a fucking God to some people.
1: Well, and that's, that's the thing is it's the people that think of him that way are still locked into the mainstream narrative. They're still locked into that, that narrative. And that narrative is Okay. These guys have all the money. They have all the resources. How could they be wrong? Are you telling me that this guy has been through countless schooling? He's done all these accomplishments. How can he be corrupted? I trust him. Instead of not thinking that anybody can be bought, anybody can be, everybody has a price tag. And like we said, the bankers, quote unquote, run the show. Oh, what do you want, Dr. Fauci? Uh, we'll give you everything you want. Next thing you know, he became an overnight celebrity. And he has he has a book deal coming, right? Because (laughs) I I'm I'm understanding from what I understand, being a conspiracy theorist, uh, what I understand is that that's how these people get paid is through book deals. Well, his book deal just got scrubbed once those emails came out. Oh, did it?
0: I didn't hear about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, it got scrubbed. I read it on Newsweek, and I was shocked because it Mainstream Media even put it out. I was like, whoa! And and they put it out, and they were like, yeah, his book deal got scrubbed because they were doing pre. Yeah, they were doing pre-sales on it, and then they just said, you know what, boom, here's a refund, we're done. Because that is so, that right there, and that's, that's when people, I, I can't understand how they don't believe that these emails are that damning. I'm like, right there, if you have any kind of common sense, you could put two and two together. You can see how this whole thing is maneuvered and how they do it. But if you're in this mode of, I don't want to think that because I might be called a conspiracy theorist, it's like, dude... There sure are a lot of conspiracy theorists out there. I just got to say that nowadays because they're everywhere.
0: Yeah, that phrase has been so weaponized and people are so demonized for not agreeing with what mainstream media says. You're just crazy if you think that what CNN or Fox News or MSNBC or CBS or ABC, if you go against what those specific companies who are owned by five corporations – All of the – like 99% of the media that we absorb is owned by five corporations. And if you disagree with what those five corporations are telling you, then you're just fucking crazy. You're totally crazy if you just don't agree with what every brainwashing tool is saying.
1: And that is the the essence of centralization. When you think about how many media companies were in – 1970 there was like 50 of them and now there's five that is centralization what is centralization it is the consolidation of power in anything uh uh, they centralized a lot of the water in northern california so now we have all these crazy droughts and fires now
0: (laughs) you know yeah yeah, governments have a good history of basically anything they touch it turns to shit
1: right because it's totally compartmentalized packaged up and ready to sell at the highest bidder it's not just letting it naturally flow the way it's supposed to go
0: yeah government is not organic people are uh, not at all <laughs> people are born free we're not born as fucking debt slaves with a social security number and god it, everything is so crazy nowadays and the part that blows my mind the most is not the absurdity of our situation but the fact that people don't see it, they don't understand it, they're not even willing to listen to someone who's trying to fill them in on what's going on. They just stick their yeah. fingers in their ears and start going like Lloyd, la, la, Lloyd la, Christmas la, and fucking Dumb Dumb. La, la. <laughs> Seriously, that's most. It seems like most of America today, which is fucking so strange. That's the most disappointing part to me is that people are completely against critical thought and critical thinkers.
1: Well, you said said a key word. You said listen, and a lot of people don't want to listen. They just want to spew. They want to sit there and just babble and be, I'm the guy that's going to ostracize you for trying to look cool. Get down in your goddamn seat. We don't want to hear it. Cause I want to, I want to just look at the news and I want to go to work and I don't want to care about anything. I get it. I understand that mentality too. The matrix. (laughs) If we all understood what was really going on, that's when you make a a big change. I mean, Andrew Jackson, how he defeated the banks was he got the people to rally behind him. He got the people aware because there's no greater fear for any government to have its populace fully aware and capable of critical thinking. That's like the worst thing ever because they're going to start dictating the rules. I mean, doesn't the constitution say we, the people, I mean, that is what essentially we are supposed to be. We have no idea in this day and age how truly valuable I hate to say that was, but it actually is because we run the show. Ultimately we are just have been throughout decades and decades and decades of being blinded and dumbed down. And are, we, we, you obviously said something about the education system in your, in your last podcast, how we're constantly being distracted with so much stuff. I don't want to hear about your conspiracy theory. I want to go back to eating my shitty food and leave me alone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Carlin let's, had let's, an old bit about that where he's talking about the, the real owners of this country don't want a population capable of critical thinking. <laughs> because right. I That's mean, right. let's be honest. If that happens, it's o- the game is over for all those people. The moment people stop squabbling with each other and start realizing that we have common enemies and go after them and get on the same page, the jig is up. The people that right. hold the power, they- they'll no longer be able to maintain it.
1: Yeah. Well, you had another you know, word you said was weaponized with the the word conspiracy. There, there's a lot of things that weaponized now. Racism is now weaponized. Right. And, and I, I, mean, I, yeah, fuck racism, of course, you know, like uh, no duh. I mean, I hate fucking racism, but when you start weaponizing it and perpetuating it by constantly talking about it, constantly putting it in people's subconscious that the media will not let it go, it's, you start losing the meaning of what it truly is and what, how you, I mean, Morgan Friedman, for example, had a great. Attack against racism," he said. "Can yeah, well, you just stop talking about it?" <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. When when the guy asked him, it was on sixty minutes, right? Yeah, exactly. He that was He's like, "You just stop talking." He's, like, "I'm going to talk to
1: you by your name and talk to you as a person, and you're going to call me by my name." And next thing you know, there's no more racism. It's that simple. But when you got people just constantly pounding it in your head every goddamn day, it's like, really? I mean, isn't that bad? I mean, I, I, I mean, maybe it is somewhere. But where I live, it's completely mixed. I live in the United States, super mixed up. And if it is, I've seen it on all different aspects. It's I don't I don't want to get into this argument or debate, but I just think it is weaponized at this point right now. And I think a lot of people that truly have benefited from this anti-racism thing has not truly attacked racism at all, but furthered their own perpetuated. It's, right, exactly perpetuated. It just keeps going and. I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, this all ties into people not realizing that they have common enemies and just keeping people at war with each other. Right. It's constant division, 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 division.
1: Let's keep us fighting each other and not the powers that be. That's right. And it's it's in everywhere you look, every paper, every source, every media source, it's all there. It's just, and that's the thing is, like I said, it's very shiny. It's very in your face and it starts to look like propaganda. Uh, I just I I think that Charles Barkley said it the best that white people and black people and all minorities are genuinely good at heart, and and the politicians are using these aspects to further their agenda by keeping us divided. Charles Barkley said that on national TV. Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. Yeah, was it's amazing so they let him say that. <laughs> I, I was I was shocked. I I mean they got it live, so it's really hard to like oh we gotta cut that out. <laughs> you know it's it's literally. That was really shocking. I was impressed. I, I was like, it. cause he's a, he's always kind of the villain on that talk show. He's always like a lot of people check, He talks a lot of smack, which is hilarious. But when he dropped that truth bomb, even the announcer was like, Oh, uh, uh, okay. You know, let's go to commercial. It was funny as hell. I laughed so hard because I, it was so honest and so off the cuff. I uh, props to him for that. That was beautiful.
0: Yeah. I think most people are good people and, and most of us right. really do want the same things in life. Um, you know, to have a purpose, have family, friends, food, water, shelter, be able to make a living, right? do things that we enjoy like hobbies and whatever. That's kind of what 99% of people would like to have. And instead, we've got uh, <laughs> everyone so hyper-focused on the things that make us different from each other instead of realizing that The overarching things that connect us are so massive compared to the small things that divide us. And the media has done a great job of making people focus on the micro instead of uh, taking note of the macro, where we're all kind of the same. They've done a really brilliant job of cutting up the pie and making everyone feel like they're different than the other people. And, And not just that they're different, because different can be a great thing. But different and everyone else who's not like you is your enemy. But I definitely think uh, you, you nailed it earlier when you said your, your guys' lyrics,
1: your lyrics for Havoc, are a lot like ours in Psychosomatic, especially with uh, post-truth era and fear campaign. Because that's exactly what you're talking about. The fear campaigns are everywhere. The boogeyman's around the corner. And as soon as that one's done, there's going to be another one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
0: fear sells.
1: They have them all lined up, ready to go. And it's, I, I think everything is scheduled and has been planned a long time ago.
0: Oh, absolutely. I mean, this country was bought and sold over 100 years ago, 1913, like you said, Federal Reserve Act. But speaking of fear campaigns and, and plans, and, you know, that the next boogeyman is around the corner, we know from that hidden camera expose of, um, that CNN producer, Charlie Chester, he said, COVID, people are getting kind of exhausted with COVID. Our big thing was to get Trump out of office, but now we've done that. People are getting exhausted with the COVID thing. So our next big thing is going to be climate change. So we already know the next play in the playbook. Oh, that
1: was, uh, that was from Project Veritas, huh? Yes, Yes, they 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 popped up some good shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, I I mean anytime people are getting exposed whether it's on the left or the right, any anytime someone who is completely corrupt and literally fucking over millions and millions of people and they get exposed, I am all about that. I don't care what side of the <laughs> aisle that's on.
1: Absolutely, it's great. And I think that's the you're right, uh the 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 central banking cartel has agents on both sides the republicans and the democrats the yep. gop anywhere you look they're, they're the there. same
0: party man the, the two major Basically, party system
1: in this country is a fucking joke right and then everybody's like well it's what we have it's what we have to work with well, that's a way of acceptance sure to make yourself feel better it's not going to get you anywhere i mean that's just to keep us fighting each other
0: yeah and you've said something in the past that i i think is is really nice you were talking about making a change it it doesn't start at the top and coming down. It's got to start on a small level. So like, you know, infiltrating your city council and then, you know, speaking with or becoming or, or influencing your mayor. Then it goes up to the County level. Then it goes up to the state level. Then it goes up to, you know, federal levels and where you change policy for the whole country. But I like what you said, where, it needs to start on the smaller level and then expand from there. That's how the real power is going to get taken back, not from trying to put some fucking dictator in the White House that's going to just point their finger down and say, everybody has to do this now.
1: Right. That's, that's exactly how Andrew Jackson did it. That's exactly how he got the people on board. He had the people, there was nothing they could do to stop him. And because the people literally were just going to these town halls and saying, you're out of here. You're gone. You know, like the, I think it's starting to happen on a, a small level right now. When you start thinking about a lot of these schools are having the parents come in and just clean house. They're just done. They're done with these mask mandates and they're like, get out. And everybody's like, well, you know, that's dangerous for the kids, but I thought kids can't get it. Oh I mean, man. I looked, the deal.
0: I literally looked it up today, Jeff. So check this out. Um, the numbers I was looking up the numbers of COVID deaths, and it broke it down by, like, demographics. Yeah. Since the beginning of COVID-19, the number of kids uh, under the age of 17 that have died, 300. Jeez.
1: That's not a pandemic.
0: But you should get all your kids vaccinated, right? They just opened it up to vaccinate kids 12 years old and there's been 300 covid deaths and we know those, s- those deaths are probably fucking wildly exaggerated given what we or, know about how they cook all the fucking numbers sure
1: and also i gotta ask this do any of those patients have pre- pre-existing conditions Oh, no doubt they do yeah if you i mean i was a mass a really sickly sickly asthmatic kid if i would have caught covid i definitely would have been in some trouble but I, I don't think that COVID is the sole reason why most of these people pass away. I think, uh, I think it's a really large, large percentage that they have pre-existing conditions. And if if I'm not mistaken, I believe that you can also die from the flu or the common cold with pre-existing conditions. Right.
0: Right. Of course.
1: So. I'm not saying the virus does not exist, but no. at a 99.9, whatever the number is, uh, survival rate, I don't see the need for this kind of vaccine campaign because when governors are offering lottery things of a million dollars, if you, you might put in a, be put in a drawing to get vaccinated. I'm like, what the fuck is that? It's bribery. Really? You're going to, you're going to pay people to get vaccinated? Why?
0: Why is that? Why are they doing that? Yeah, if it's so safe and it works, then why would you need to bribe anyone to get it? It,
1: It's crazy
0: how people just can't stop and say, wait a minute, look at this. Let's take a look. No, I don't want to get,
1: I want to go see concerts because I don't get sick. Well, you don't even know what's in that vaccine. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you see people that are literally dying from this, but it's not being reported by the news. There's people, these, these side effects are really damaging to people and you cannot legally sue these companies why would i do that why would i subject my body to something if i had something goes wrong oh well for i'm getting a vaccine for something i've never had or if somebody does have it sure but you have no recourse if something goes wrong you cannot sue these companies if you get some kind of crazy rash that never goes away or you die or you get really sick from it You can't do anything about it So right. there's so many red flags up there That should make everybody question it Because vaccines take years Of testing To be safe And this thing was just slammed in our faces And I think that maybe it's been around for a while And we just You know, we don't know We don't know. We really know what they tell us You know sure. And uh,
0: Oh, we just warp speed of this thing right to you Yeah. Warp speed. So I I looked up the official numbers. And like I said, we know that they cook the numbers. We know that they count, you know, decapitation by car accident, a COVID death, if they swabbed (laughs) for COVID and then did the PCR test at high enough cycle threshold to where it showed COVID. They call it a COVID death, even though the person lost their head in a car accident. So we know that the numbers are cooked and inflated. But even with that, even with that, I looked at the official numbers. So people that are totally on the side of the official narrative, this is indisputable, even with your bullshit numbers, if you're on that side. So I looked it up. So far, there have been officially 597,000 deaths in the U.S., about 600,000 deaths in the U.S., people died with COVID. And I say with intentionally because (laughs) you could have died from cancer, but you had COVID. So they call it a COVID death. Why? Because the hospital makes an extra $35,000. Exactly. They're incentivized. Absolutely. So check this out. You got about 600,000 people on paper died from COVID or died up with COVID. And that is with 33 0.4 million people confirmed COVID cases. So you break that down. That means people that got COVID, 1.79% of them died. Right. People that got COVID, 1.79% of them died. By the official numbers. So if those were uncooked numbers, I bet you it's a tenth of that. But even at that, let's talk about Uh, the total population of the United States, which is about 332 million people, 332 million people. And then you factor in 597,000 deaths. That's the official number. That means in the whole population, in if you're in the U S you got a 0.18% chance of dying from COVID-19. So lock the whole country down. That makes right. sense, right? And,
1: and and to that, to your point, adding on that is that the recent number that came out was that forty percent of the people have been vaccinated for this. So of the vaccinated, how many people have had COVID? I'm just like, wow, like that is mind blowing, and that is a true fear campaign.
0: Yeah, it's fucking hilarious. People that um, are really terrified of COVID and ran and got the jab. They're the ones telling everybody who's has legitimate concerns about the safety and and effectiveness of these jabs. They're calling all those people that are, you know, not in a rush to get it afraid. And they're the ones that bought into the fear campaign. You're buying into the fear, the fear of this vaccine. You're so scared. You're such a sheep.
1: Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. If, if I get a vaccine, why the and I'm safe from it, why the hell do I care if anybody else does?
0: Oh, because it, my vaccine doesn't work unless you get yours. It's, okay, kind of as smart, <laughs> it's kind of as smart as saying, hey, Jeff, you know what? It's a bright, sunny day out today, and I really need you to wear your sunglasses so that my sunglasses work.
1: <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to laugh because... A lot of people are misinformed, and it's not their fault because they, they just don't have those avenues yet. It's something that has to be uh, – obviously, when you see something doesn't compute, then you start getting more of an awakening. But unfortunately, yes, you're right. These people are mind-locked, indoctrinated into that mainstream narrative. Religion. That they they wouldn't – that's how it starts. They would never lie to us. I mean, just to think the government, like when they take <laughs> – They take anything from you. They're not going to give it back. They (laughs) rarely do unless there's an uprising.
0: You know what I mean? Yeah, these people that think that there's nothing to question here. This is all perfectly making sense and just, you know, do what the government's saying. They're looking out for you. These are the same people that say, oh, the government would never do that. Governments would never do that. Are you crazy? Like, Are you you fucking kidding me? Like, (laughs) governments would never do such a thing. Okay, so... Are you a Holocaust denier? Saying, right. Are you saying that estimated fifty to hundred million people starved to death in communist China? Right. That was just uh, whoops. That that didn't have anything to do with government inflicting evil shit on their own people. Governments
1: have a bad reputation.
0: Same with same with Stalin. Stalin killed like over twenty million people, many Absolutely. of his own people. But you know. Governments would never do anything like that. You're crazy. You're a conspiracy theorist. You're out of your mind. Come on, bro. Right. Just, just shut the fuck up and get the vaccine. That's what I've heard <laughs> from so many people. Literally, people get fucking angry and they just shut up and get it.
1: I guess they don't say that to me because they know what my answer is gonna be. Dude, I had some yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I had somebody the other day say that if you don't get vaccinated, you deserve to have some of your freedoms taken away
1: wow that's pretty alarming and that somebody really truly believes that i mean like i said either you're in on it or you're just too blind to know better i, I think most people are and I, I don't really want to call them sheep i just don't think they've awoken yet you know because we're all people we all are misinformed it's going to be the duality's gotten so bad lately that somebody when when the well, like the Fauci thing, you know, that was like a bomb to the mainstream narrative. And I think a lot of people are still reeling from that. And so fortunately I have talked to a couple people that are from that side that have said, you know what? I think you're right. I mean, they message me because they don't want to get attacked. And I understand that nobody wants to get attacked on social media. It's not fun, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I think it's really beautiful when somebody comes to me and says, you know, Hey, I was wrong. And I don't. I don't yell at them or laugh at them. That's when I feel that I should praise them and say, you know what? You are at a higher level of awareness now. Congratulations. Seriously. Like, I think that would be a more productive way that we can all treat each other in this war of information because it's so gnarly when when you see the gang, right? The herd. And it, it goes on both sides too. I've seen people get attacked on both sides of the aisle conservative or liberal or whatever you want to call it democrat republican it's all just these gangs of people that don't want to come together because we're all citizens of this country and the world in general yeah and most of us just want to like do our lives and not be bothered with this stuff but when it's literally on your goddamn face and in your workplace and these constant threats get worse and worse and worse of your freedoms being taken away. You got viruses on you. It's it's, it's it's a double whammy. It's very stressful. And then with last year locking down the countries, that was, re- I think of all the suicides that happened. Uh, all the domestic violence went through the roof because these people are locking their homes together. They, they're usually at work, but they couldn't work, so they can't have to deal with each other. They can't stand each other. It is really, they put you in this position of despair and then hang a carrot in front of your face to let you out while not realizing how much they've stripped of you and your wealth. And it's just tragic. And it's still going on to this day. How can you not wake up? And I think if anybody wants to wake up and speak out, now's the time to do it because this is ridiculous. I mean, it's so blatantly obvious how corrupt this thing is and it's everywhere. And I hate to generalize, but to get into specifics would take too long. And we all know that.
0: Sure. I mean, the only generalization I would like to make is that I think political parties are no different than gangs. I don't affiliate with gangs. I don't associate with gangs. And that's why I feel like to put a hard label on your idea of what a free society is, is really, really, really limiting and literally only going to create natural enemies Because, you know, I affiliate with this gang, and we wear the blue tie. Well, I affiliate with this gang, and we wear the red tie. So fuck you and everything that you believe. It's really divisive, and it's so unfortunate that we see all of these people in our country that are our fellow countrymen, where we can get along on 90% of things. And then the other 10%, we just fucking, not you and I, but people hate each other
1: over it. Well, well, the divisions are constantly being pumped into our heads everywhere you turn. You got the now it's no longer about that. It's now, you, are you a masker or an anti masker? you a vaxxer, anti vaxxer. And they'll have a whole line of new ones ready when we're done with these. It's just constant. So when you turn off that TV and you get in touch with yourself and then your loved ones and you start communicating and not bitching about shit, but literally focused on finding the truth and a common balance with fellow people that's what needs to happen because uh you know love thy neighbor because we're all we all want the same thing why should i hate this guy because he has a red flag or this guy has a blue flag it just seems like such a waste of time waste of energy all- yeah
0: waste Absolutely. of time waste of energy and it's we're really like sleepwalking off of a cliff we need to wake up soon otherwise we're completely doomed so the people that are awake need to i agree with you need to like seek each other out and join up and lock arms and really start trying to make a a bigger impact. And that's why I'm, you know, that's why I'm out here putting my neck on the line, saying the things that I do publicly and on social media and stuff, because I feel like it's getting to the hour where it may be too late if we don't start changing the, the direction soon. So that's a huge reason I love your band is the lyrics that you write are very, very similar to what I write about trying to expand the mind and talking about very obvious flaws that we see in society that do have ways around them. We don't have to be stuck here.
1: Right. It's definitely taken a toll on everybody on both sides. And and when I look at people, I don't, I try, I do my best to not look at them as whatever side they are, but just look at them as like, okay, you're an American too. You live here, right? If you're not an American, Hey, uh, hails from wherever you're from, you know? It's all good. Yeah, you're a person. Right. You're, a, you're a fucking right. human being. Exactly. And I think uh, it, it's really cool that we can connect with people through music. And music is like a, a relief. And, and I've, I've really tried to keep the political aspect out of it, but more of the truth, anti-propaganda in it.
0: Same. Yep. That's where we're the same. Right. I don't want to be
1: conceived as a political band because I'm not. We don't have a political interest. Apolitical. We're not, we're, we're not going to win. Yeah, exactly. We're not going to win either way. So uh, we're, we're just trying to show everybody that you're not alone out there. And we're all feeling it. Everybody feels it to a degree. I mean, uh, look at the food costs that are just skyrocketing right now. And you had this attack on the meat departments or whatever, the, the meat companies. And then you have got gas going up. You have a That's That stuff's not by accident. Come on. It's so not by accident. We are under attack constantly. And if we don't do something now, this is our final fight, you know, because uh, this country and this world in general could be so much better without this blatant just corruption that's just running rampant right now. It's, it's so obvious. I definitely think that it's on light speed right now. And, and it's, I think the reason why they're pushing this so hard Is because they're threatened of this great awakening because people are waking up and otherwise they wouldn't need to be constantly dumping it down our throats. Right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If if the control plan was completely a slam dunk in the bag, like no questions, it's all going to happen. They wouldn't need to spend so many resources on brainwashing people. If it was a lost cause and they had full control, they would not need to, Spend their money and time and effort convincing people to be divided, convincing people to believe in, in bullshit. Mm-hmm. They, they'd be able to just come right out and say it. Hey, you guys are all fucked, and uh, we have control, and there's nothing you can do about it. Ha, 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 ha. But that's not the case. They're spending all this money on on brainwashing people and trying to divide people because that's the only thing that they've got up their sleeve. Because as long as they can keep getting away with that, they can actually follow through with these plans for shit like the Great Reset, Agenda 2030. And those things are not conspiracy theories. Those things are literally what the elite of the world are talking about for their plans for the future. Anyone listening that doesn't know what I'm talking about, look up Agenda 2030, and then read between the lines a little bit and see if you can figure out how they're going to achieve some of these things. Cause it's pretty fucked up. It's pretty crazy.
1: What's really crazy is they've been talking about it for a long time and people just, they, you know, they don't really pay attention until it's brought to light and then they're stuck in their, their mind lock indoctrination where they just, you know, dismiss it. And I, and I think uh, to, to move on from this point, I, you know, it is overwhelming, but I think it needs to constantly be pumped into people's heads, just like the media is. We are now the counter-narrative. I, like I said, I've never been good at following orders or, or being a, a good person, quote-unquote, of following the rules. And I think that's part of heavy metal and punk rock's identity, is to be Used the to counterculture, be. <laughs> Right. <laughs> well, unfortunately, people lost their way because of the propaganda. But yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I definitely think that um, a lot of heavy metal and and punk rock guys are still anti-establishment, and when you look at truly an anti-establishment, you don't pick a side. You just sit back and you knock down all of their propaganda. That's what you do. That's what we've always done. Right. And and I think once you declare a flag, that's when you've already lost. When you're saying I'm going to submit to this ruler, you know, yeah. it's why not sit back and just watch the battle and really kind of stay neutral and just look for the truth and what's propaganda. That's all you got to do. You don't have to sit there and virtue signal and throw out like a, you know, Oh my God, it's just here. Look at, this is what I think. Check this out. This is great. What do you think? Oh, you don't like it. Why explain it? Maybe I'm missing something. Tell me in a mature, respectable way. I don't need to argue with you because I'm not a child, you know? And I think if we did that, we would get so much faster, so much better and 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 just move forward and a lot of our topics our lyric topics for the band are not just about this we write a lot of horror themes as well um and those are based on horror movies or horror concepts which are again reflections of society because a lot of shit we see is really fucked up mm-hmm. but so but but going in a kind of dark uh, spiritual world there's definitely just as darkness is, is there as it is reality and I think a lot of metal bands project that as well, and it's it's kind of cool. And so we're, we're not opposed to doing that as well. I think a lot of future aspects we'll be discussing will be a lot of the uh, really darker elements. Because when Psychosomatic was in its punk phase in the 90s, it was definitely more about, let's just party and be debaucherous, as opposed to getting into this critical thought where we're at now. So definitely in the future, we're still going to go that road, but it's really going to be more of you know just showing horrors that exist in this world and they could be fiction but definitely be relatable to what's going on now for sure that's never going to stop
0: yep i love it yeah art imitates life and if you look at we've always been doing it i've done it with my art i do a lot of artwork i
1: I did the, the album covers on another disease i got a kid who's blindfolded with money and he's got a military officer and a priest and a big pharma guy injecting with Vaccine, which is I did that literally ten years ago, yeah, and uh, it's it's really relevant to right now. But it's the establishment holding you down, and then the next album is a guy. It's a zombie with a gun, which is basically the same kid. Because if you look at the artwork on another disease, it's a kid, right? Yep, and he's being indoctrinated. And then you look at the other the inside the billfold, and it's got him as a teenager looking in the mirror, and he sees a reflection of himself, and he's very ugly and dark, and then it shows another picture uh, with him as a silhouette and he's completely like a, as a young adult and he's got just these demons around him that are problems. Well, on clicking sound, the artwork goes into, he's undead pretty much. And he's, Oh, he just wants to kill. He wants to murder. And he is, in his essence, a reflection of his society. And then when you get to the invisible prison, that's pretty much why he's, the way he is that's cool i'm
0: i'm really glad you just explained that because i didn't ever read that much into the artwork being sequential like that that's really cool it, it goes from album to
1: album and that was uh when you think about where he's at now we're all products of our environment you know we all learn from our surroundings that's we're all biological beings and that's what, I mean, even a fungus or a biological thing, we're speaking bio, biological weapons, we're all product of our environments. And I think that's what the concept of the whole child being indoctrinated growing up and just being some twisted murderer, that's literally the theme of, it crosses the albums, for sure.
0: That's really cool. I'm going to have to relook at all of your artwork. And by the way, I could say for
1: the first time in my life, I can actually wear a t-shirt with my own artwork that I did for you guys. Hell like, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cause yeah. I don't have to have my own
1: band on it. So
0: <laughs> yeah, we were stoked. You did the artwork for our time is up 10 year anniversary merch design. And we actually got to get it painted by Halsey Swain who did the original time is up album cover. So that oh, she collaboration was sick as fuck. We were all stoked that you could do some artwork for us. And we could also have the original time is up artist work on that same piece.
1: I'm a huge fan of Halsey Swain. I I've, I've talked to her a long time ago on MySpace and stuff like that, just periodically, not like a lot, mm-hmm. but just to kind of get concepts of how she does stuff. And she's an amazing artist. I yeah. mean, mind blowing what she does with animals. I'm just, wow, it's insane. So, for her to collaborate on that and willingly collaborate, I was really honored. I was in the fact that you guys asked me. I was so excited. So now I can wear it. And it doesn't say psychosomatic on it, it says havoc, a different band. And there's a couple <laughs> other bands. I want to get some t-shirts of theirs too. And I can actually wear my own artwork, but not look like a tool wearing a psychosomatic shirt. <laughs> yeah,
0: that's cool, even if you do it. Metallica did it, Slayer did it, Iron Maiden did it. I just I
1: just it's a counter troll for the people that troll.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you should make a shirt that's got you wearing a psychosomatic shirt on it. Oh that
1: that would be the ultimate ego thing. No way. <laughs> <laughs> no way. That's terrible. I know somebody that would do that, but I'm not going to say his name.
0: <laughs> you know him too. Oh, I, I I can think of a few people, so I'm not sure who you're talking about, but uh <laughs> 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 yeah, I, I, I'm totally with you, though. Halsey Swain, she's one of my favorite artists on the planet. She's insane. Yep. So, mm-hmm. so talented. She's really great. We've been talking for well over an hour here, so I want to wrap this thing up, and uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Great. Yeah, I'm going to put you on the spot here and ask you, you can tell the world one message for all future generations to look back and, and see what you said. What would you want to tell people? Um, oh man, do I have to? Mm. All right, all right. Research psychosomatic buyer records. That is nice. That is real <laughs> nice. Now, the next time you come on here, y- you, you can <laughs> you can drop something more philosophical. But I am all about that shameless plug. Everybody, research <laughs> psychosomatic and go buy their records and their T-shirts. And their skateboards. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah, I'll I'll definitely think of some. That was like
1: totally caught me off guard. I I just got done doing that for the last hour and a half.
0: (laughs) I mean, you kind of did. uh, So next time you come on, though, uh, give it some thought. I would love to know some wisdom that you can impart and leave on the world because uh, it's something I try to do with every guest on here. I should have forewarned you that I was going to ask you that, but I didn't. No, that's fine. You know, no, and actually I was warned because I – I've listened to your podcast before and I've seen you do it.
1: So I I, I won't do that yet, but I definitely will again. And I'm honored to, for you to ask me to be on this and I I would love to come on again. That'd be great
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah. We're going to do it again. Awesome. Absolutely. Oh yeah. Great talking to you, man. Yeah. You too, Jeff. Oh, where can people find your stuff if they want to find you or your band?
1: The best place to look right now is nefariousindustries.com. Or, yeah, I think that's what it is Nefarious Industries.com, our record label site, that the, he actually made a really cool bio of our entire history. And we have a few, we have our, our album out for the Invisible Prison. It's on vinyl, CD, and cassette, and we have a new t shirt. But eventually, we're going to have a lot of reissues on there, and everything's going to be on that site. So I always direct people to that site. So it's Nefarious Industries, our record label look up psychosomatic and it's got every bit of information we need lots. It's got all of our videos for this album and YouTube links and all of our social media sites are from there. So you can find us anywhere you want
0: from that place. Does it link to your merch too? Yes. Perfect. All right, cool. Well, I'll have that in the show notes. And if you guys want to hit that link, it'll be in the description for this episode. So click on that and then get yourself some psychosomatic stuff.
1: Super sick. Thank you very much.
0: Hell yeah. Thank you for taking the time, dude. We'll do it again yeah. sometime soon. No doubt.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Riffs or Die. Have a good
0: one, man. We did it, everybody. Make sure you go check out Psychosomatic's new record, The Invisible Prison, and know that a lot of love went into making that record. Go to riffsordie.com for more episodes, and make sure you click on the links to the social medias and all of that nonsense. If you feel so inclined, pick up some merch or sign up on patreon.com slash Patreon subscribers get discounts for the Riffs or Die website. So if you're looking for some discounts, all you got to do is go to Patreon and sign up over there. Feel free to shoot me an email at podcast at riffsordie.com. I would love to hear y'all's feedback about recent episodes. Let me know if you have any funny or interesting concert stories, and send in some wisdom. I love hearing and spreading the wisdom. It could be quotes from a philosopher, quote from your parents, from your grandpa, or something that you read or saw in a movie. Send it in. Let's try to make the world a little bit brighter. If you're still here by this point, you are a champion of the universe. Thanks a lot for your attention. I know this episode was a long one, but I appreciate you sticking around. Now you all go out there and have yourself a great day, alright? I'll talk to y'all soon. Good day.